Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. So like I said, today's the feast day of the conversion of St. Paul. It's kind of an odd feast day because we're not commemorating, you know, a saint's martyrdom. We're not commemorating or, you know, focusing on some doctrine or dogma of the church. It's not the Immaculate Conception, the Assumption. We're, we're commemorating a person's conversion, right? Saul of Tarsus, Shaul of Tarsus, right? Probably the most famous conversion in all of human history, certainly the most influential, the most impactful. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Saul becoming St. Paul. Uh, but here's the thing. I want to be clear about what we mean by conversion here because it's not exactly, well, it would be totally wrong to think that Paul, Saul went from being, you know, he went from one religion to another religion. That's kind of how we tend to think about conversion these days. That Saul went from being uh, a religious observant Jew to suddenly becoming a Christian. That's, it's, it's more nuanced than that because Saul and Paul always believed in uh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator God. He was living in, deeply immersed in the narrative that said that all of those ancient promises that God had made, they had to come true. He was living in this narrative that said God has to show that he's like that he is in the right, that he meant what he said, that he's going to renew the whole world, and he's going to do it through a Messiah. That, like you hear in that first reading, um, Paul talking about studying under Gamaliel, that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees, zealous for the, the traditional, or the ancestors, the traditions of the ancestors. There it is. That he was deeply immersed in this world that said that God is going to bring justice and reestablish the temple. So he's living with this narrative, this narrative that says our God is going to fulfill his promises. Like that's who he is, right? That's who he is. Paul also uh, identifies himself with these two very important figures from the Old Testament. Elijah, who we're familiar with, the prophet, and Phinehas, um, a priest. Both of these men were incredibly zealous they were incredibly zealous. They were filled with immense zeal. And with both of them, what they saw were bad things happening around them. They saw a laxity. They saw their brothers and sisters not observing the covenant. They saw people falling into moral decay. They saw people drifting from the religion of Israel. And so both of them, Elijah and Phinehas, they both acted with intense passion and fervor. Like, I've got to do something. I've got to get everybody to come back on track. So Paul sees himself as like in the line, in the lineage of Elijah and Phinehas, just in the same way that John the Baptist sees himself kind of as a new Elijah, right? There's something uh, very similar going on here. All right, so this is, this is Saul of Tarsus. This is what he's thinking, right? These, these so-called disciples of Jesus are an aberration of the true covenant. They're an aberration of the faith of Israel, and they have to be dealt with, right? So that's why he has the papers in hand, writing to Damascus, to deal with the people drifting from the covenant, right? Because God's promises won't be fulfilled if we, are, if we keep screwing it up. So that's the idea here. So I was reading, uh, I was reading um, um, an Anglican scholar who I think is incredible. His name is N.T. Wright, and uh, I was reading him. A, he's, a, he's a Pauline scholar, and uh, N.T. Wright has this beautiful reflection on what was Paul thinking about 
as he was riding on the road to Damascus. What was he thinking about on that road? Well, N.T. Wright says that Paul, just like all the Jews of his day, but in particular because of the kind of sect that Paul was in, or that Saul was in, he was, he was a man who was, whose, whose whole life was suffused with prayer, deep prayer, right? There was the standard Jewish prayers. But one of the things that um, Saul's contemporaries, one of the things that they were often doing was meditating on a, the passion or the, the vision from Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, where the prophet Ezekiel sees that chariot and he raises his eyes and he sees the throne on the chariot and the figure, the divine figure on the throne. And in the prophet Ezekiel, he, as he lifts up his eyes, he falls to the ground just because he just gazes upon the glory of God. N.T. Wright theorizes that Paul was meditating on this as he was along the road to Damascus. And as he's going along, he's meditating and he looks up upon the throne and he sees Jesus of Nazareth. He sees Jesus of Nazareth. And in that moment, simultaneously, all of Saul's life is fulfilled and shattered. It all comes crashing down and together all at the same time. It's both the most devastating and fulfilling moment of his life where like he realizes he had been persecuting the very thing that his heart was all longing for and at the same time realizing oh, it all is brought to fulfillment. The promises have been kept, and they've been kept precisely in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the, the Messiah of Israel. It would have been a very, very traumatizing moment for Paul, right? Which is why he says, I just went to Arabia for the next three years to try and figure this out. That's what he says. I just went to Arabia, and like for the rest of his life, Paul is trying to work out what all of this means. I think it's just interesting to realize that Paul wasn't so much converted as it is that he finally saw something, right? He totally surrenders himself to Jesus, to Israel's Messiah, who he sees in him the fulfillment of all of God's promises, the one through whom the universe, in, like all of the brokenness, is going to be set right. Again, so much of our faith is about our vision, right? Jesus said at one point, as an invitation to the disciples of John the Baptist, when they asked him, where are you staying? And he says, come and become one who sees. There's a problem with our vision. And over and over again, we have to be like converted to see the world rightly. That's what Paul is inviting us into today, that his conversion was a conversion of vision. He didn't go from one religion to another. He went from being one who was blind to being one who saw. So may we pray for that grace today through, his, through Paul's intercession. Amen.